Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. And on today's episode, oh, I'm Dustin, by the way. How rude of me not to introduce myself. I, I always think that the people that are listening to this show are people like myself that have listened to this show hundreds of times before. I think that there are people who are familiarized with myself, and, and for the most part, that may be true. However, there is the off chance that we will have a new listener, an, a new Dinsian of the Culture Jack community, of this quaint little city of Culture Jack that we've built up, where I am undoubtedly the mayor, and uh, Anthony is undoubtedly the deputy mayor. Uh, I'm sorry, Anthony, I called it already. Um, yeah, if you are new to this show, this is the Friday show. And we've got we've got five shows a week. And so there's all all kinds for all different tastes on the Culture Jack podcast here. But for this particular show, I'm Dustin. And what I do on the Friday show is I walk you through something that has garnered my particular interest. And for those fans of Culture Jack, well, we talk about usually games and movies and technology and stuff like that. And so it's st- it stays kind of in that wheelhouse. But these are things that are of a particular interest to me. And so it could be a gaming developer that I think needs a little bit more attention. It could be a movie studio that is embroiled in some scandal. Or it just could be the next, the newest uh, upcoming superhero movie that I want to talk about. And that's that's the case for today. So on today's show, I'm going to... I'm going to give you a a primer. I'm going to give you a primer for the newest installation uh, of the MCU, Black Widow. And that's coming out on July 9th. So next week. So I'm putting this right out in time for if you want to, you know, get yourself all ginned up on who this character is, who her accomplices are before you head into the movie. I don't want you to go into in blind to Black Widow. I want you to be prepared for what you're going to what you're going to witness this phenomenon. Ah, uh, I did a few months ago early on in 2021 put together a MCU primer for all of the MCU shows that we were going to see this year to include uh Captain Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldiers. I did it again. I did it again. He's Captain America, but it was Falcon and the Winter Soldier to include WandaVision and to include Loki that's actually going on right now and what i wanted to do is years ago i think it started probably with captain america and the winter soldier maybe a little bit before that but i am only a casual comic book reader and so i went into these movies and i would miss like characters that obviously in in the context of the movie that i was watching were important because they would they would name drop them very intentionally or there would be something very specific about them that I'd go, oh, I was supposed to pick something up from that, but I did not because I don't know about that character. So what I started doing is I started outside of the movie, going to the Marvel Wiki, finding what that character was about, finding where where the, they also appeared in the comics to determine what movie was going to be next, what big development was going to happen, what large story event or character arc would perhaps influence the movies in the future. And yeah, it 
I, I could say it took a good deal of fun out of it, but it didn't. I, I enjoyed being knowledgeable, turning to my compatriot in the theater, whoever they were, putting an elbow in their side and saying, hey, you know the, who that is, right? You know what they're setting up there, right? And maybe I've become that annoying guy without even being a hardcore fan of the comics, but maybe not. And so I wanted you to have that same kind of opportunity as I did to be as fully involved with the comics and with the movie. So I did this primer a few months back on the shows that came out, and I was going to include the movies as well. But one, I ran out of time on that because just doing the shows alone was a whole show in and of itself. And two, that's not the best way to run a podcast, man. My intention was to include all of the Marvel movies, even Morbius and Spider-Man and Venom, but two things happened. One, dates began getting shuffled around, so even Black Widow was supposed to debut uh, this May. Like, this was the this is a, another adjustment, another delay of this film. It was supposed to debut this May, and then it was supposed to debut back in November of 2020. Before that, it was supposed to debut in, I think summer 2020 or or may as well i also realized that flirting with the algorithm to put these primers right ahead of the release would do much more for this podcast's visibility so it's not only that i was i would be doing primers for movies that were out of sync out of sorts and not uh being shown when they were supposed to but I was doing a disservice to the podcast as well. And speaking of the algorithm, speaking of doing those things that get you on to search lists and get you onto those, can you please interact with this podcast? Whether it's leaving it a thumbs up, a heart, uh, a star, whatever, whatever streaming service uh, kind of ratio it has. I mean, not a thumbs down. Hopefully I'm not doing that bad. I know I'm doing... Maybe not my best, but here we are anyway. Uh, Leave us a review if you could. Interact with us. Tell us how great we are. Tell us what we could improve. Tell us if you would have preferred to hear all of those primers at once or not at all. And if you didn't want to hear any of this at all, what are you doing on this podcast in the first place? No, I'm just kidding. Stay. You'll you'll get used. I grow on you. I'm not maybe I'm not a comfortable uh, character at first. But just give me some time. I, I really I really grow into you. Grow into you. <laughs> I really grow on you. I really... I need to stop using that particular idiom. Uh, you'll really get used to me. Maybe not. Maybe I've terrified you all. Take your purse and leave. Good Lord. Uh, before I get into the characters and the potential plot of Black Widow and how it might tie in to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it might be helpful for you and for myself to take a look back and take a look at where Natasha Romanoff came from in the movies. And first of all, I don't think that Marvel ever expected to do a Black Widow movie. I thought this, or I think that they thought this character would be a nice Easter egg, a fun little... A fun little toy in their sandbox, but I didn't, I never thought, or they never thought, I'm sure, or maybe they did think, I don't know, maybe they had this mapped out and were like, hey, if we get a chance, we'll do it. 
But I mean, it's been a long time. 2008 was really when the MCU kicked off proper. And here we are 13 years later and she's finally getting a feature film. That doesn't sound like a priority in the in the Marvel toolbox, if you ask me. Uh, I'm also surprised that Black Widow was not the first female-led Marvel Cinematic Universe's entry. Uh, and, and a lot of people make a big deal out of stuff like that, and it is a big deal. Uh, but Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel took that honor from Black Widow. Now... There's a lot of people that feel a lot of different ways about Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, and even the actress Brie Larson, who I think does a fine job as Captain Marvel, uh, who also, I just recently read, is like slowing down on her YouTube career. I didn't even know she had a YouTube career. So apparently for the last year, she's been putting out weekly content on YouTube as well. But she says, you know, hey, I got, I'm very busy. I can't, I can't do this YouTube stuff, or at least I can't do this YouTube stuff as intensely as I had been doing it previous. Um, all right, before we get into the Black Widow stuff here, uh, there is a probably potential spoilers to Black Widow. So this is us very well becoming familiarized with this character and what this character is and has been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Um, and, and, you know, if you're looking to stay away from spoilers, stay off the Internet to begin with. I mean, that's <laughs> that's not um, not a good way to keep yourself in the dark is even going on your favorite social media pages where you think you have uh, family and friends, but they're all just traitorous scum who want to spoil the movie for you. There's definitely going to be some spoiling of uh, potentially Black Widow, but there's definitely going to be spoiling as well of some previous Marvel movies and perhaps even TV shows. Well, maybe maybe not so much TV shows. Okay, uh, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, was introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Iron Man 2. Uh, she was a, basically she was a side character. She was sent from S.H.I.E.L.D. to monitor Tony Stark, similarly to how Agent Sharon Carter was sent from S.H.I.E.L.D. to monitor Captain America, or Steve Rogers, in The Winter Soldier. Uh, in, and the first time I watched Iron Man 2... I didn't even realize she was a superhero from the comics. This is how how uh, non-acquainted I am with the comics proper. Is Though I collected X-Men cards and I was familiar with the comics and the cartoons when I was a child, I didn't even realize this was Black Widow, a character from the comics. I might have been more excited about her had I, had I known. But they used her as kind of a side character, kind of a like recent comments from Scarlett Johansson herself have indicated kind of just like a piece of ass in this movie. Uh, another, another lady to be wooed by one charming and suave and debonair, uh, Tony Stark. Um, but she wasn't really front and center. Like she had a cool action set piece. I remember in a hallway where she jumped a couple of guards uh, but other than that, she was kind of a, a minor character. And then we got a little bit more of Black Widow in The Avengers. She played a much bigger role in this one. She was out doing her own spy things. I remember the beginning of that movie was pretty good because she was tied to a chair as these, I don't know what they were, Russian agents were interrogating her. But it turns out she was interrogating them 
And Phil Coulson gave her a call or gave them a call and handed her the phone. And, and she said, look, I almost got what I need out of these guys. And then she, she actually went and recruited the Hulk, Bruce Banner, in this movie. She manipulated Loki. She brought Hawkeye out of his trance that he was in. And she fought alongside the rest of the team in New York against the Chitauri invasion. And then uh, she joined Captain America in the spy thriller Winter Soldier. She went on the run with him until Hydra was exposed. And at the end of that movie, she was questioned in a a tribunal for her various acts of espionage that were also exposed with that uh, expose on the Hydra information. And this one had some of the best fight choreography that was done in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was done in this movie and specifically some of the best choreography (laughs) Um, shit's going off the rails some of the best choreography that was done in this movie was done with the Black Widow uh, character Uh, so that that was uh, she is fast becoming at this point one of the main characters of the Avengers, one of the main characters of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, She then uh, helped put an end to the last bit of Hydra resistance in Sokovia in the ages, ages. (laughs) Fuck me, man. I'm having a hard time getting this podcast out. You know what? Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll leave this stuff in. Maybe this is, this is bonus content that you get. Uh, of me being frustrated with my inability to to string two words together uh, in, in this one. She was in uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron was that Avengers movie that she was in. And um, that's where they put down the last bit of Hydra resistance in Sokovia. And this was the second Joss Whedon directed uh, film in the MCU, the the second Avengers movie. And I don't know now if it's like just my own personal distaste for Joss Whedon based on on the Justice League controversies and things that I'm finding out about him. And maybe I'm forming a, a personal opinion that's also bleeding over into some of his artistic choices in the films, especially in the Justice League. But also now that I'm looking critically at movies like the Avengers, uh, but there were some weird choices that he made with her character in this one, like her womb re- removal in the in the red room uh, that she, when talking to Bruce Banner, claimed also made her a monster, which uh, many fans were upset about. One uh, for that being a- an attack on a woman who cannot have a child as being a monster and also the comparison to an actual monster in the uh, Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde sensation that is Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Uh, Also the romantic pairing between Natasha and Bruce Banner seemed very, very odd. At the end of that movie, uh, that romantic pairing did lead to her, you know, going, Hey, uh, uh, come back, <laughs> come, come back, Bruce. Uh, but the Hulk was already on the, on the jet plane that eventually crashed and eventually off camera, he was beamed up to got with the trash world that Jeff Goldblum led. 
Regardless, I saw a comic. Maybe it was a comic. Maybe it was an animated uh, film where Natasha and Frank Castle, the Punisher, uh, had like a romantic pairing. And it, I'm just I'm sad, you know, that we won't get to see that in the MCU. I mean, but we might be able to get to see that in the MCU because there is they're doing prequels now with Black Widow. Apparently, the Punisher may be retconned into the MCU or may in one of these multiverse of madness type Spider-Man No Way Home type of movies show up. And then maybe we'll get to see that pairing. There was also a five-year gap between Infinity War and Endgame. So maybe it'll happen there. <sighs> she came back. <laughs> she came back for Civil War. Uh, siding, of course, with Captain America against the signing of the Sokovia Accords. And she went on the lam after the events of that movie. Of course, other members of Captain America's team got captured. I don't know. Did she get captured? She might have been captured as well. No, I think she just got away. No, because Tony Stark went to the raft to talk to... He Who did he talk to? He talked to uh, Sam Wilson there in the raft. He might have also said something to Clint. Yeah, so Scott, Clint, and Sam were all in the raft. Natasha was not in the raft oh because she did not originally side with them or did she okay all right <laughs> i know i'm doing this doing this primer to make you guys better marvel fans to make you more informed to teach you the ways of a guru so you can act with an arrogance and entitlement that is undeserved of your position and now I feel like I'm undeserved of mine. But did Natasha side with Captain America or did she side with Tony Stark? I think she sided with Tony Stark at first. Yeah, she was sided with Tony Stark. And then during the battle at the German airport, Cap... And Bucky Barnes were about to get away. And Natasha, turncoat, was a traitor to, to Iron Man and zippity-zapped Black Panther as he was about to catch them. And so they got away. But I don't think that she was arrested and put in the raft with the other heroes. That's how it went. I figured it out. Now I am better than everyone else. And by proxy, you are as well. Uh, <laughs> she came back uh, uh, for Civil War, switched sides, was not arrested, evaded capture, as far as we know. And then she returned after that movie in Infinity War as part of Captain America's covert team, which was <laughs> which was him. It was it was Steve Rogers, Sam Wilson, and Natasha Romanoff. That was the trio that did it. I think that Wanda was also part of that that team, but Vision and her were off having a romantic getaway in Paris. 
Anyway, that's what not, this episode is not about. This is all about Black Widow. I'm sorry. I apologize. And then uh, finally, big spoilers for Endgame here. She sacrificed herself in Avengers Endgame in order for Clint to walk away with the Soul Stone. Uh, after the blip, though, before she made the sacrifice, she had become like the head of the Avengers team. She was calling the shots. She was organizing the members. A lot of people, namely my friend Casey were very upset with the unceremonious end to Black Widow in those movies. They, she thought that Natasha did not get her due. And Natasha, obviously, she didn't get her movie. I don't even think her movie was announced at that point. Or maybe it was. Maybe that was one of the red herrings that the Avengers in-game threw out. They said, oh, Black Widow's coming out. And we were like, oh, well, she can't die in the movie. And then she died. Maybe. I personally thought that she died a hero, but there were <laughs> several opportunities to give her a movie before the one that we're getting this next week. There were also, <laughs> also Casey was upset about the disparity between the mourning for Tony Stark versus the mourning for Natasha Romanoff, wherein Tony Stark got the entire Avengers cast to come back for his funeral Granted, the entire Avengers cast, Guardians cast, was not alive because they'd been blipped out of existence when Natasha died. But there was not hardly the the fanfare, though Hulk did th throw that motherfucking bench across the lake. Um, so the Black Widow movie is supposed to take place before Captain America's Civil War. But there is a possibility of it having a sequel as well, because we do have all of that time, that five-year gap between Infinity War and Endgame, that she could have that sequel movie as well. Uh, and then, if it is, if this movie truly is a passing of the torch to this other character, Yelena, then perhaps Yelena was blipped out of existence during Infinity War, and then an end game comes back and finds out that her sister, you know, quote, sister, uh, fellow assassin from the Red Room also passed away during this this struggle with uh, Thanos. All right. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the characters of Black Widow that we are probably going to see who they are probably going to represent and maybe some of the information that we can get from the comics for these characters. Now, if there are any real big comic book nerds following this podcast, I'm not just talking about Anthony, but anyone else, please feel free to correct anything that I have to say here or add on to it. Find us in a comment on Facebook or Twitter at CultureJacked, and we'd be happy to respond to your comment. And maybe even if it is significant, a significant enough uh, uh, a miss from us or a significant enough addition to the conversation We'll talk about it in a future show as well. I'm sorry, my nose itches. If you're hearing very weird sounds in the podcast, it's me trying to get this pollen out of my nose uh, presently. Okay, so on to the characters. We've got the Red Guardian, which is, if you think of a kind of Captain America equivalent in Russia, he's played by David Harbour, this character Alexei Shostakov, is the second person in the comics to wear the Red Guardian suit. The character did date Black Widow in the comics, uh, which from the preview, from the trailer material, from the promotional material, 
it would be kind of strange because he looks to have taken on this role as kind of a father figure to these former assassin characters. Uh, in the comics, he also had a shield like Captain America as well. Then we've got Yelena Belova, who's played by Florence Pugh. Um, this this character is who is most likely going to be the next Black Widow. Uh, she trained with Natasha in the Red Room, which is like a secret agent training facility program in the Soviet Union. In the comics, she does take over for Black Widow from Natasha. So most likely we are going to be seeing a passing of the torch here. Uh, and if not here, then in the next Black Widow movie or when Florence makes her or Yelena makes her MCU debut in another team up movie, maybe Doctor Strange, maybe the next Avengers movie, uh, something something along those lines. Then we've got Milena Vostikov, uh, played by Rachel Weiss. Um, her character is also called the Iron Maiden in the comics. She wears a metal exoskeleton. And she's also a rival of Black Widow and also uh, someone who has been sent in the past to kill Black Widow. Though in this movie, similar to how uh, the Red Guardians kind of character has changed in that way, she's kind of a, like a mother figure, it looks like, to both Yelena and Natasha in this movie. Then we've got General Drakov, played by Ray Winstone. Uh, he oversees or oversaw the Red Room, that secret secret assassin agency. Rick Mason, played by uh, O.T. Fogblini, Fogbinley, I'm butchering that name. Uh, apparently, he's like a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He's gone uh, by the alias The Agent. He's also a terribly original man, apparently. He, he played a relatively small role in the comics, but some people online suspect that he is either a love interest of Natasha. Some also expect, though, that he could be Taskmaster as well. And who is Taskmaster, you might ask? So he is, I don't know if he's the main antagonist of the story, but he's at least a mid-level boss. Uh, he's a villain who has photographic reflexes. And so what does that do for him? It allows him to learn and to mimic any movement or fighting style uh, in that we've seen in the commercials. He's got a shield like Captain America. Looks like his visor inputs information to him, similar to Tony Stark. He has claws at one point that he fights potentially like Black Panther as well. Uh, in the comics, he took an experimental super soldier serum that enhanced his uh, reflexes even further, but it did cause memory loss as well. And it looks like he might have been a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point. And I think I saw that he, he may be a common or recurring uh, antagonist to the Punisher also. The Red Room is not a character, but it's important. They talked about it in Age of Ultron. It is that Soviet Union secret assassin program that Natasha was involved in. Uh, the one that uh, trained Natasha as a KGB agent. The one that, according to the MCU canon, uh, sterilized Natasha as well. So the, the Red Room as well. 
Uh, there's also rumored cameos in the film to include Tony Stark, Clint Barton, Loki, Thunderbolt Ross, Steve Rogers, and even Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. So there's a chance that we could be seeing some big names come into this movie, though these are rumors. But if you do Google Black Widow, uh, Black Widow cast, you will see all of these people in their pictures in it. So I don't know how official that is, uh, but take these, take them with a grain of salt. But remember, too, that this film was originally planned to be released almost a year and a half ago in May of 2020. And it's one of the one of the first movie casualties of this forever pandemic. However, so it's not unreasonable that we could see someone who is maybe filming uh, in game around the same time do a do a cameo for Black Widow. I think I think it'd be cool Uh, from everything that that we've seen so far in promotional materials and rumors and leaks in official synopsis, like like many Marvel movies, this movie seems like it's going to have a very heavy family focus. Family's the most important, right? Uh, I do suspect that this movie is going to be a real passing of the torch from Scarlett Johansson's Natasha to uh, Florence Pugh's L- Yelena. And that, and that, I think, is a, another great thing about Marvel and Marvel characters and the MCU and how they can continue making movies with these characters. Not Maybe not necessarily the characters, but with the mantles long after the actors have retired their roles. Yes, there will only ever be one Tony Stark, only one Steve Rogers, only one Natasha Romanoff, only one T'Challa, but there can be... Many Iron Mans, many Captain Americas, many Black Widows, and many Black Panthers. Besides that, I, I'm not really sure what this movie could be about. It's supposed to be like a a spy action thriller, similar to what we got in The Winter Soldier. In fact, I've, I've heard it described as such online. Um, this is after Winter Soldier, though, or that's where it takes place in the timeline. So it could be a redemption arc. Uh, to help Natasha make up for the crimes that she was exposed for at the end of that particular movie. Hopefully, it fills in some of Black Widow's backstory and fleshes out her character a little bit. Although, at the very least, I would I would very much enjoy learning a little bit more about Budapest, especially if Clint Barton in, ends up uh, being in that one. Maybe a flashback scene of her and her and Clint dealing with the problems that they had in Budapest. That'd be nice. Uh, although, of course, I don't want to see actual Budapest because it'd be in the wrong time frame. And I don't think the directors would do that because they're not probably that out of sorts. Maybe they are. The reviews and the reactions that I've seen about it so far have been less than flattering. Uh, so for now, I'm going to keep my expectations low. You should do the same. But this is a movie that I've been looking forward to for at least a couple of years now. Uh, and it's the first Marvel movie back into the universe. Now, the thing is, I, it's not that I was looking forward necessarily to Black Widow as a movie. It was just the next Marvel movie that was coming out. And because it was taken from me, it became one that was high on my priority list. One thing I, I've been seeing as a pattern in these reviews and reviewers is how this movie sacrifices kind of Natasha's story 
for the sake of the larger MCU continuity as a whole. And that would be a real shame if they did. But <laughs> I will just say, if they do make that sacrifice and they do sacrifice Black Widow, I hope, I hope we have a lot of cool Easter eggs. I hope we have a lot of cool name drops, a lot of cool cameos, appearances, and other threads to tie to Marvel movies. This movie, and we'll see how out of place it is in the timeline. Are we, would we have felt differently about Falcon and the Winter Soldier had we seen Black Widow before it, like five or six months before it? I don't know. This year, we've already had three Marvel shows as well. So the only one that aesthetically feels close to this is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And despite their their releases originally scheduled so close together, I mean, really, if I'm looking, looking at it and thinking about it, I don't see any connective tissue that these two will have. I mean, this one obviously takes place in the past. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier obviously takes place in the future, even further in the future, because it's separated by that five-year gap from the from the snap. Yeah. Regardless, I'm I'm very much uh, looking forward to Black Widow. I've learned a lot about her and about her character, and I hope this primer has served you some of the same. But that is it for the Friday show. show. Stay tuned for our other. I, I don't know why I had such a hard time with this podcast. And I've most likely left a lot of these a lot of these goofs and gaffes in. So you can see or hear my frustration building in my voice throughout. But you can stay tuned for the Weekend Wire on Sunday. Monday, Madness. The Culture Jack News Desk on Thursday. And, uh, oh, on Wednesday, before that, actually, we've got another episode of On Today's Episode. Uh, we're talking about Loki. So we're up to episode, we'll be up to episode five uh, for Loki on Wednesday. And then we've got Culture Jack News Desk and another one of these. Hopefully, we won't be talking about Black Widow again. Or, I guess, maybe depending on how it goes, we'll be talking about Black Widow again. Leave us a review if you can. It helps us greatly you can also get in contact with us like i said on facebook or on twitter at culture jacked but that's it baby that's all i got for the friday show i hope you have a great weekend stick with us uh through the rest of the weekend and next week but besides that we'll see you in the next episode cheers <laughs>